Welcome to the Powder Hounds Podcast, the Ski Trivia Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Shaw. You can follow me at Powderhound Skis. You can also email me at powderhoundskitrivia at gmail.com for comments, questions, or corrections. Hot Dog the Movie, the slapstick comedy from the slopes, celebrates its, get this, 40th anniversary on January 13th, 2024. This movie may have set the bar for outlandish comedy slopeside, with Ski School and Ski Patrol following that playbook in the early 1990s. Hot Dog the Movie was a staple in the rotation of ski movies that were watched on many a ski trip. Even now, present day, a certain podcast return guest has it handy, if I had to guess, on every overnight ski trip. Now, my track record with Hot Dog the Movie was its Rat Pack, the characters of which were relatable in some unusual ways. Now, all groups have a Dan O'Callaghan leading the pack. I have a friend actually named Dan Callahan, who I'm pretty sure more than a few times, I just called him Dan (laughs) O'Callaghan. I've known plenty of motor mouths as well as kamikaze daredevils over the years as well. Sliding down Breckenridge was my first day out west many years ago, so Slasher's hometown will always have a special place in my heart. A buddy from college not only looked like Squirrel Murphy, but assumed the nickname, adopted the email address, definitely a decades later doppelganger. Come to think of it, my squirrel was actually roommates with a past podcast guest their freshman year of college. (laughs) And finally, as some of my mid-1990s ski buddies can attest, Michelle, aka Banana Pants, may have inspired my yellow spider brand snow pants that just fit that era kind of perfectly, if not ironically. The music inspiration is, of course, from the soundtrack, Top of the Hill, leading us off, but do not sleep on Do You Love Me. Both songs reek, wonderfully, mind you, of the 80s. Whether you're a fan of this fictional 1980s Rat Pack or of the more classy, actual, informal group of entertainers who performed over multiple decades prior, I invite you to sit back, kick your feet up, relax, and enjoy the experience of everything skiing and riding. Powderhounds. For today's episode, Hot Dog the Movie, of course, Basecamp Podcast, IMDb, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Lake Tahoe Ski Blog, Outside Magazine, Rotten Tomatoes, and Wikipedia. We begin with Hot Dog the Movie. 
Now, chances are, if you have found this podcast, you have watched Hot Dog the Movie. However, if you need a refresher, the 1984 film tells the story of Harkin Banks, a young, ambitious freestyle skier who is determined to prove himself in a top freestyle skiing competition. Along the way, he teams up with a pack of fun-loving incorrigibles, picks up an Austrian nemesis, and enters a love triangle with a pair of blondes. The movie ends with an iconic race scene to determine the real champion of the competition. The movie Profile, released January 13, 1984. Rating R, running time, 1 hour, 36 minutes. Director, Peter Markle. Stars, David Naughton as Dan, Patrick Hauser as Harkin, Tracy Smith as Sonny, and Shannon Tweed as Sylvia. Categories, comedy, raunchcom, slobs versus snobs. Taglines, taste the sauce in hot dog. (laughs) And there's more to do in snow than ski. Money. Apparently, the budget of the movie was $2 million, and the box office was $17.7 million, though co-producer Mike Marvin told the Basecamp podcast the movie made over $20 million. Critical acclaim, IMDb rating, 5 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter, is not available. However, the audience score, 58%. A critic snippet. Hot Dog Today seems shockingly dated and tone-deaf, full of blatant cultural stereotypes, sexism, and worse. What does hold up decades later, however, the skiing. The stunt doubles were all freestyle veterans, several of whom went on to star in Warren Miller and Greg Stump films. The skiing in Hot Dog was legit, says Scott Gaffney, Matchstick Productions producer and Tahoe area resident, citing an epic huck shot near the end of the film. Hot Dog portrays the sport of skiing as it existed in the 1980s, perhaps more accurately than any other media at the time. Released in an era in which you had to watch ski racing to see skiing on television, Hot Dog showcased the Rat Pack simply destroying Squaw Valley, both in competition and free skiing. A moviegoer comment. It's funny to think about all the 80s and 90s movies parents rented without screening it first. Perhaps they thought skiing was an innocent enough sport. I mean, how bad can a ski movie be? (laughs) In Hot Dog's case, filthy bad is how the comment read. (laughs) Now, there is a parody. Well, I'm sure there's a few parody, but one of which, thanks, Eric. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Season 11, Episode 3, titled The Gang Hits the Slopes. This was released January 2016. I have no idea how I missed it, but I did. Dennis and Frank battle D and Mac for control of the mountain, and Charlie learns the rules of the slopes. It's called Party Mountain, where the babes are hot and the brews are cold. (laughs) I want to do a quick rundown of the Rat Pack's IMDb. Quick disclaimer, some of these bios are sparse. Let's start off with David Naughton, who starred as Dan. He made his professional debut in the New York Shakespeare's Festival's production of Hamlet in Lincoln Center, starring Sam Waterston. He also previously starred in John Landis's classic horror film, An American Werewolf in London, 1981, which won Rick Baker his first Oscar. Also starred in Michael J. Fox's film debut, Midnight Madison, 1980, as well as the obvious ski comedy hot dog, played opposite Pam Dauber 
and the late Rebecca Schaefer in the CBS sitcom My Sister Sam in 1986. It recorded the hit disco single, Making It, and also starred in the ABC sitcom of the same name, Making It, in 1979. Fun fact, David sang and danced in the Be A Pepper ad campaign for Dr. Pepper from 1977 to 1981. Let's go over to Patrick Hauser, who played Harkin. Patrick Hauser is originally from California. He made his television debut at just four years old on the Art Linkletter show. Then he disappeared from show business to have a normal life. When he was in college, his neighbor, who happened to be a casting director, recommended that he take acting classes. He did, and then made his stage debut in Marathon Madness in L.A. He continued to act in stage roles, including William Shakespeare's Taming of the Shrew. He also made his film debut in Endangered Species in 1982 for respected filmmaker Alan Rudolph. After a 20-year absence, he returned to television playing Daryl Hannah's boyfriend in the TV movie Paper Dolls, 1983, and he simultaneously continued on with his feature film career by appearing in two back-to-back -back comedies, of course, Hot Dog in 1983, and Weekend Pass in 1984. The former became a cult favorite, of course, with reunions among cast members at public events every 10 years. He met Canadian actress and beauty queen Marie Lauren in an acting class. They married, and she got pregnant with their daughter, actress and filmmaker Clara Gabriel, and acted with him on an episode of his television show, Outlaws, in Independence, 1987. Fun fact, Patrick Hauser was in a Levi's commercial in the early 1990s, which got nominated for a Clio Award. Moving on to Kendo, played by James Sato, is an American actor of Japanese descent, best known as the original Shredder in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in 1990, and as Dr. Chen in the ABC series Eli Stone in 2008. Along with film and television, James has worked extensively in theater, including the Broadway productions of The King and I in 1997 and Golden Child in 1998. Off-Broadway plays include Sarah Rule's The Oldest Boy in 2014 at the Mitzi Newhouse Theater in Lincoln Center and Julia Chow's Durango at the Public Theater for which he won an Obie Award in 2007. Fun fact, James studied drama at HB Studio in Greenwich Village in New York City. Now, the IMDb of the remaining Rat Pack members is not as full, but we'll go through it anyway. Banana Pants, Lynn Wayland is known for, of course, Hot Dog, but also for Black Diamond Rush, 1993, Believe Warren Miller, and The Legend of Oz, 2013. Squirrel Murphy, Frank Capala is known, of course, for Hot Dog, also, Voyagers in 1982 and St. Elsewhere in 1982. Slasher, played by George Theobald, is known for Hot Dog the Movie. <laughs> Fergie, played by Eric Wilson, is also known for Hot Dog the Movie. <laughs> there are no fun facts for the last three actors or actresses. A bit of a bonus, outside of the Rat Pack, Sonny, played by Tracy Smith, was also an actress known for Bachelor Party in 1984 and Cover Up in 1984. Shannon Tweed, born in St. John's, Newfoundland and Labrador, Canada, rose to stardom as Miss November in 1981 for Playboy magazine 
1982, Shannon began her film career and also appeared in the soap opera Falcon Crest in 1981. She became Playmate of the Year in 1982 and was briefly involved with Playboy magazine founder Hugh Hefner, but has carried on a long-term relationship with KISS member Gene Simmons since 1983. And finally, Rudy Garmish, John Patrick Rieger. He was an actor known for Hot Dog the Movie, of course, but then Knight Rider, 1982, and Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, in 1993. But here's the fun fact that we will end on. He was a weekend news anchor at WCCO-TV in Minneapolis, Minnesota. But he was cut from WCCO-TV in the Black Monday purge of CBS on-air personalities currently is a TV news anchorman on KDLT-TV in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Moving on to trivia questions. Yeah, because it's the 40th anniversary celebration, so we probably should have 40 trivia questions, right? <laughs> Just kidding. It's more like 25. We have four categories of trivia questions, followed by a final Jeff Purdy question. As always, I'll read through each question of the category in play first, and then go back through revealing the answer. We begin with eight green circle questions, worth one point each. The theme, locations. What is the name of the store where Harkin meets Sunny? Where is Harkin Banks from? I'll accept the town and or the state. Where did the story take place? The villain of the movie, Rudy Garmish, has a backstory of being the world freestyle champion and recently winning Olympic gold. Where did he win his gold medal? What lodging did Harkin Banks and his hitchhiker friend, Sonny, check into first? What lodging did Harkin Banks and his hitchhiker friend, Sonny, check into second? <laughs> what bar did the wet t-shirt contest take place at? What actual ski trails got shoutouts in the movie? Okay. So those are your eight green circle questions, the theme, locations, one point each. Let's go back through. What is the name of the store where Harkin meets Sonny? Pops Trading Post. Harkin stops for directions. Where is Harkin Banks from? That would be Bonnerville, Idaho. Quote, where the men are men and the sheep are nervous. <laughs> Where did the story take place? I was looking for a ski area there. I guess I'll accept the state, sure, or a region. So I'll accept Squaw Valley, Lake Tahoe, or California. The villain of the movie, Rudy Garmich, has a backstory of being the world freestyle champion, recently winning Olympic gold. Where did he win his gold medal? That would be Lake Placid, 1980 Olympics. 
And yes, the movie was made in 1983, so that would track well. What lodging did Harkin Banks and Sonny check into first? That would be the Siesta Motel. Yes, one bed, pick a side. What lodging did Harkin Banks and Sonny check into second? That would be the Fantasy Inn 3. With complimentary topless check-in. What bar... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what bar did the wet t-shirt contest take place at? That would be the Lone Star Cafe and Saloon. Yes, perhaps a scene that does not age well. However, there was a Pac-Man machine uh, featured. But there was also Lester the Molester that probably doesn't track well. However, there was also a Fart Miner t-shirt that is certainly a classic. And finally, what actual ski trails at Squaw Valley got shout-outs? I'll accept three answers. Broken Arrow, Red Dog, Avalanche City. You could also make a case for Out of Bounds. <laughs> All right, tally up those scores. See what you got, because we are heading into the second category, Blue Square Questions, also worth one point each, the theme of which competitions the freestyle competition had four sections name them also what order did they appear in Snowfest Winter Carnival featured one fun game, which quickly escalated into a melee. What was it? And what was the final score? And perhaps the biggest softball of them all, what competition decided everything? And what was the purse for first place? Okay, this is a rapid-fire, short, short category. So pencils down here. Again, one point each for your blue square questions, the theme of which, competitions. The freestyle competition had four sections. Name them. Aerials, ballet, bumps, speed. What order did they appear in? Ballet, bumps or moguls, aerials, speed. Snowfest Winter Carnival featured one fun game, which quickly escalated into a melee. What was it? It was a broom ball match. What was the final score? I had the bad guys four, the good guys one. What competition decided everything? That would be the Chinese downhill. And now for the rules, there aren't any. <laughs> Perhaps noteworthy, accessories used included a smokescreen, barbell-like weight, spikes, and I think someone may have been stabbed with a ski pole? <laughs> what, was <the> fir- <laughs> what was the purse for first place? $2,300. Though interestingly, Mike Marvin did say on the Basecamp podcast, when Dan challenges Rudy 
To the downhill estates, 40 bucks a man, winner take all. At the start of the race, the announcer says that the winner will get 2300. 2300 does not divide evenly by 40. Further, only a couple dozen racers are seen at the start, making the total more like half that amount. <laughs> details, details. All right, add that, add up that category total. Now, speaking of uh, co-producer Mike Marvin, we're going into the third category, our six black diamond questions, now worth two points each, the theme of which, behind the scenes with co-producer Mike Marvin. <laughs> now, Mike, as well as Lynn Wayland, who played Michelle, a.k.a. Banana Pants, were recently interviewed on the Basecamp podcast. So this is from that discussion. Here we go. How long did it take to film the Chinese downhill? Let me give you multiple choice answers here. Three days, one week, two weeks, or all winter? Question number two. What was the ski area the original script had as the story's location? A, Aspen, B, Park City, C, Sun Valley, or D, Vail? Question number three. How long was the original director's cut of the movie? A, two hours, B, three hours, C, four hours, or D, five hours? Question number four. The editor, Steve Riskin, went on to work on what major blockbuster movies? Select all that apply. A, Avatar, B, Pirates of the Caribbean, C, Saving Private Ryan, and D, Titanic. And finally, what Rat Pack character was actually a member of the U.S. freestyle ski team? Oh, almost forgot. Question number six. How long did it take Shannon Tweed, the 1982 Playmate of the Year, to get on set after agreeing to play the role of Sylvia? A, two hours. B, two days. C, two weeks. Or D, two months. All right, again, six Black Diamond questions worth two points each. Theme behind the scenes with Mike Marvin and Lynn Wayland. How long did it take to film the Chinese downhill? Three days, one week, two weeks, or all winter? So I'll actually accept two answers here. Mike Marvin said that two-thirds of the scene were filmed within two weeks, However, it did take all winter to film every sequence. Hard to believe how weather and snow conditions could be fickle. <laughs> Question number two. What was the ski area the original script had as the story's location? Aspen, Park City, Sun Valley, or Vail? The answer, A, it's Aspen. The freestyle tour had, the actual freestyle tour had events in Aspen and Park City with like thousands and thousands of spectators, apparently. So the original vision was to do it in Aspen. And there was a connection with John Denver that Mike gets into. I'll let you listen to it for yourself. But suffice to say, Aspen, who would have thought, would be the center of a ski story. <laughs> 
Question number three, how long was the original director's cut of the movie? Two hours, three hours, four hours, or five hours? The answer, three hours. The party scene was actually 45 minutes at Sylvia's house. It's already pretty long, so 45 minutes is, is pretty epic. Yeah, apparently producer Edward Feldman like mortgaged his house to produce the movie, and obviously it needed to make money, and a lot of changes needed to happen to actually make any money at the box office with a three-hour running time. Again, I'm not going to get into the story. You can hear it for yourself. Question number four, the editor, Steve Riskin, went on to work on what major blockbuster movies? Avatar, Pirates of the Caribbean, Saving Private Ryan, or Titanic? The answers, Avatar and Pirates. Yeah. Question number five, what Rat Pack character was actually a member of the United States freestyle ski team? Of course, Michelle Banana Pants, Lynn Wayland. Yeah, she was a member of the team from 1979 to 1981. She was also the 1981 U.S. champion in aerials and the 1981 U.S. Canadian champion in moguls. She said in a 2016 interview with Outside Magazine that she was in four Greg Stump skiing movies, two Warren Miller ski movies, and had covers on Powder and skiing magazines. But people still remember her as Banana Pants decades later, and she's fine with that. She had a great time making the movie. And question number six, bringing us home here, how long did it take Shannon Tweed, the Playboy 1982 Playmate of the Year, to get on set after agreeing to play the role of Sylvia? Two hours, two days, two weeks, or two months? The answer, two days. Now, I don't know if that's a big deal or not, but Mike Marvin did point it out. <laughs> Add up your subtotal for this category, please. Moving on to the next category, five double black diamond questions worth two points each, theme of which, random. Yes, the fun category. We got five random questions. Here we go. Question number one. At Sylvia's party, what did Squirrel Murphy top his shrimp plate with? Question number two. Dan mixes a cocktail to ease a hangover while waiting for the Rat Pack in the gondola terminal. How many nips did he have in his vest? Question number three. At the end of the Rat Pack's rundown broken arrow, Kendo wipes out. How many times did he flip over? <laughs> Question number four. After the aerials competition, the five judges snubbed Harkin with a score well under Rudy's despite the incredible triple twist. The crowd reacted by pegging the judges with snowballs, as they should. Which judge did not get hit by a snowball? Judge one, two, three, four, or five. <laughs> Question number five, despite losing a game of rocks, paper, scissors to decide who of the five Rat Packers would ride the four-person gondola, 
Squirrel probably is the winner of the game as his female lift partner grows fond of him quickly. What number gondola does Squirrel ride? <laughs> Are those random enough? <laughs> All right. The answers, again, five double black diamond questions worth two points each, the theme of which, random. Question number one, at Sylvia's party, what did Squirrel Murphy top his shrimp plate with? A banana. <laughs> yeah, bananas are quite a strong theme throughout the movie. Question number two, Dan mixes a cocktail to ease a hangover while waiting for the Rat Pack in the gondola terminal. How many nips did he have in his vest? Now, I should say this number also includes the one on the counter of which he was mixing his cocktail with. Pick a number, any number. The answer is eight. You could almost say one for every member of the Rat Pack, but then you'd have one extra. Question number three, at the end of the Rat Pack's run down Broken Arrow, Kendo wipes out. How many times did he flip over? Again, looking for a number here. He, I counted, he flipped over five times. Question number four. <laughs> After the aerials competition, the five judges snubbed Harkin with a score well under what he deserved for that triple twist. The crowd reacted by pegging the judges with snowballs. Which judge did not get hit by a snowball? <laughs> and I only rewatched this scene like maybe eight times. So I say this with 99.9% .9 confidence. It was judge number one. Yeah, just kind of tucked behind number two and three uh, as the assault was coming. Question number five, despite losing a game of rocks, paper, scissors to decide who of the five Rat Packers would ride the four-person gondola, Squirrel probably is the winner of the game as his female lift partner grows fond of him quickly. What number gondola does Squirrel ride? That would be number... Ha ha ha, that's close, but you're off by 10. It would be number 59. Now, interestingly... Dan and company depart the gondola base in gondola cabin number 11, but arrive at the summit terminal in cabin number 34. I don't know. <laughs> All right, home stretch. Here we go, final Jeopardy question, though not an actual Jeopardy-like question, more of a final question. We'll say three points if you pair the answer correctly. I'll explain in a second. So here's the question. Five of the seven Rat Pack members qualified for the freestyle competition. Who were the five and what were their bib numbers? You hate me yet? <laughs> I'll tell you first who did not qualify. That would be Fergie Motormouth and Michelle Banana Pants. Messed up, really messed up.
again. Five of the seven Rat Pack members qualified for the freestyle competition. Who were the five and what were their bib numbers? Ready for the answer? Here we go. We'll go in order by number. So I'll let you decide if you want the full name or the nickname and the number. The spirit of this is to be fun, so nicknames are fine with the number, but I think you have to have the nickname and the number to get the three points for each paired answer. I think that's the way to go. Here we go. Number 42. That would be Kendall, or Kamikaze, number 42. Number 70 was William Slasher Curtis from Breckenridge. Number 71, Dan O'Callaghan. Number 123, Squirrel Murphy. And bringing us home, the champ, number 149, Harkin Banks. That's it. Add up your scores and share this podcast with any other Hot Dog the Movie lover. Happy 40th, Hot Dog. Actually, hold on. like it's four o'clock time to catch the last chair thank you for listening have a question comment or correction email me at powderhoundskitrivia at gmail.com you can also follow me at powderhoundskis better yet subscribe to the podcast at apple Podcasts, google podcast manager verbal spotify and stitcher just type powderhounds podcast until next time see you on the slopes Powderhounds. hounds.